0: This is the Get After It Podcast, where young professionals, entrepreneurs, and action takers learn what it takes to be a high performer. This is more than a podcast, it's a
1: movement. Now, let's get after it with your host, Aaron Griffin.
0: Welcome in, everybody, to episode 98 of the Get After It Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Griffin. I am stoked to be with you all. We've done almost 100 episodes of these, and we've never streamed on Facebook Live, which doesn't make any sense to me. So this is the first time we're doing live on Facebook, uh, and I'm stoked to be introducing a guest with you guys today. For those that aren't uh, really around our podcast audience and you're just t- tuning in on Facebook, uh, you can expect energy optimism out of this podcast. We usually do five-minute episodes, something to bring up your day, something that's exciting. Check us out. We're available wherever you get your podcast, the Get After It podcast. It's for young professionals entrepreneurs and action takers that being said when we launched the podcast a year ago the audience was 95 percent under the age of 27 and today it's about i think 72 percent under the age of uh 27 so we have a widening audience probably have to do a rebrand here soon but with all that said i am stoked this is episode 98 i'm joined by michael hewitt and michael is uh, i'm just excited to vibe with him he asked me for some uh pre-podcast questions I don't have any. I want to jam about this guy's story. He's got a cool one uh, to share with you guys in terms of his hustle since COVID. And I think this is going to be especially impactful for our friends who were who disrupted with COVID, maybe been laid off. They're looking for something new, looking for a pivot. And you know what? You don't want to wait until 2021 to do it. We've got a month left here. It's November 30th, 2020. Michael, Stoked to have you here, man. I am I'm stoked to be joined by you here for the Get After it podcast.
1: What's up, Aaron? Dude, I'm glad to be here. Get After It. I mean, dude, I think, you know, you said a rebrand for a wide audience. I think everybody, no matter what their age is, everybody needs to embrace the ethos of getting after it. That, uh, that applies to old, young, super old, super young alike.
0: So we were just talking. First of all, we, we caught up beforehand, but let's act like we're human here.
1: How was your Thanksgiving? what's up dude my thanksgiving was awesome man i uh, i got to see some family i got to sit in the sun which i mean dude that's i feel like no matter what uh what we talk about today i'm definitely i'm so evangelized on being in the sunshine uh that just getting a couple of actually like the five whole days in direct sunlight for hours a day that was a huge blessing for me it was great dude everything i could have wanted out of thanksgiving dude so you're, yours for
0: oh awesome uh we were just joking before uh I don't share this with the audience much, but I'm doing a program called 75 hearts. So I just stick on. First time I've lost weight over Thanksgiving. It was really weird in terms of a, in terms of a of an organic, uh, uh, just a strange thing there. I don't know why I said organic, but man, I uh, I had a blast. We had uh, we had just the family over. Uh, you know, just the immediate family. My brother, my uh. Uh, my mother and father. We had, I'll tell you this thank you real quick. This is so out of tune with the Get After podcast, but heck, it's the week after thanksgiving. let's let's do a little bit of fun stuff here. We watched my parents' wedding video, Michael. And I'll tell you this, it was it was a blast. We literally had, I think I, I'm trying to think of what uh, the coolest thing was my dad looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger on this thing. <laughs> he gets out of the limousine and he looks like an absolute stud. And ah man, I was just thrilled uh, to be able to experience that. And it's so weird, it's something I would never have appreciated a minute ago. But now it's like, you know, this whole crazy year and uh, being away from home during the whole thing and the craziness of their business and with everyone's business in 2020. It was so cool to just relax, be around the house. We had a great time, man. It was a good time. You didn't know that your dad
1: you didn't know that your dad looked like a total stud back in the day before you were even born.
0: Dude, he no literally. He gets out of the limo and he's got like, they got the blown, they got the the mullet, right? Like they got the full yeah. out of a hair and he's got these shades on. He looks like a flat out, he's a stud, And
1: yeah, it looks like an eighties action star.
0: Oh he, no, he does. <laughs> and, uh, and we had, uh, what was it? Ah, oh, jeez, I'm trying to think one of our uncles, one of you know, one of those, one of those uncles was like, Tom, get those glasses off. And I was like, man, the glasses were the best part of the video. Why is he taking them off?
1: Yeah, I wish like you Miami, Miami Vice style, Miami Vice style. That's what I'm thinking.
0: michael, for 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 the audience that I don't think actually, probably our whole audience is not going to be familiar with you. I didn't give much of an introduction here, which is just usually my job, but you're you're the creative director of classical Fitness, Premier Online Fitness Lifestyle Studio, right? you're 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 an animal when it comes to fitness, and frankly, we're going to talk a lot about, I think, mindset. Uh, goal setting. We're gonna have a lot of fun in this because we're both in uh, we're both in a similar mastermind with Elite and the in the partnership there. I want to jam with you though. Catch our catch our audience up to speed. The the people who have no clue where you're at, they're coming in cold. Give us a little bit of a rundown. Who you are, what you're about. Give us just the rundown of who Michael is.
1: All right, man. So uh, I think maybe the best way would be to give uh, just a couple examples. So you've seen uh let's say i don't know uh x-men right hugh jackman wolverine okay so i think the best way to describe what i do would be to describe it as a combination of like hugh jackman meets uh maybe sean t from p90x except with kettlebells with myself. oh shit i can't hear you, Can you No, you're good. Right. oh there we go oh you muted yourself uh so You know, Hugh Jackman got his start uh, not actually in movies, but uh, on stage. His first role was the first role that like brought him to prominence was Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. That was for me the role that like really started everything off in terms of like, hey, this is going to be something more than just being like the theater kid. What I'm going to do? I played that role in high school, and it was uh, received with some you know good success. People were very encouraging, so I was like, hey, you know what? Maybe instead of going down this traditional uh, path that I had sort of set out for myself. You know, I was really set that I wanted to either be uh, a, a producer of like a film studio, or I wanted to be uh, a lawyer. And then I was like, well, actually, wait a minute. It looks like I could go to college on a scholarship like for playing a role and for singing on stage. Like, let me do that. So anyway, so I did that, I followed that path. Uh, that took me to a bunch of really interesting Places, opportunities, you know, I sang in uh, Aspen, I sang in Santa Barbara, uh, some in a bunch of different theaters uh, in the Northeast doing like different summer stock types. I found my way into the opera world, which was just unbelievable, dude. I mean, you know, here I am like a, a couple years later, like it feels like right after that, like having dinner with the Italian ambassador and like a bunch of, you know, like society type people uh, talking. And it's just like this all came from singing. But along the way, one of the things that uh, because I I had this really intense entrepreneurial bent, right? Like since I was a little kid, I like, even before I even knew what a business was, I like, I, this is when we had a typewriter, dude. So we didn't even have a computer, dude. We had a typewriter. So I'd get down and I'd like type out these little flyers, like, do you want to join my business? And then like, I'd go down to the, uh, like the lamppost at the end of my block and I'd staple it to the thing with like my family's number. And nobody called, dude, but I just knew like, I wanted to have a business and I wanted to, I wanted to be in industry. So when I was trying to figure out, like, how was I going to balance that with, uh, you know, trying to be the best possible stage performer that I could be, um, I realized, I, I figured out this way to combine all three things. And the third thing being, like, this uh, body and identity around fitness that I had created because when I was growing up, and this was, like, before that moment uh, on stage of getting those that first initial attention, dude, I was a fat kid. And so like, that was the the main part of my identity was, or at least that I was accepting of, was good. I got made fun of all the time. I was like the butt of all the jokes. Uh, You know, the fifth grade class field trip to the pool was just like, dude, to my day, to this day, like it stands out in my memory as an absolute nightmare. Dude, just picture like 10 year old me just sobbing uncontrollably. Like, please mom, don't make me go to school. Like, please, you have no idea what's waiting for me. Like, we're gonna go to the pool and I'm gonna have to take my shirt off. And oh my God, nothing could be worse. So then I realized that I could combine, I could add this sort of this element of okay, well, it's really useful to be fit on stage. The roles that I'm getting attention for happen to be like fitness based, you know, like having biceps to spare, as they say, you know, in the, the Gaston song. Like I really that was that was a reality. Like it wasn't a, you know, nobody was like propping up my my costume. Uh, with business, like, okay, I want to offer this, this I want to offer something, do something useful in the industry with fitness. So I created this sort of positive feedback loop of, and I'm super huge on positive feedback, loops, so I cannot get enough of them. between being, in, being fit for the stage, right, and having some sort of a business, and helping other people get fit, helping other people uh, not dread going to the pool, like I did when I was 10. So that has landed me, uh, has landed me here.
0: So, so, wow, I got to unpack this a little bit. So, so you were in, were you, so you were involved in theater and and really, was was it theater and music and musicals that you got involved with first? Is that kind of what got you into the whole, okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, was it, was it for you? Like, uh, I guess I want, I'm curious as to how you got into it in the sense that I was involved in that. Whole time growing up right like but my my issue was always ice hockey overlapped with it so I did like half and half which you have to be so committed to to making that work like if you really want to be a, a headliner act in any one of those things, I really shouldn't even just say a headliner if you really want to take that sh- take the, these productions seriously you got to be there it's a huge time commitment that you're putting into that what what led you to Enjoy that because I was thinking about this the other day. It's like one of these things where it's like there's things like uh, like a roller coaster where you're going to enjoy it, but then you're going to puke after. Like it's not it's not not enjoyable after the setting. But then there's yeah. things like I look back on it. It's like ice hockey practice, or I mean, working out's a great example. Or maybe it's not enjoyable in the moment. Actually, you could argue it is, but it's very enjoyable oh, yeah. afterwards. Right, the way you feel, the abundance you get. How did you create that positive feedback loop from? what was essentially someone who was scared to be in front of people to you literally become a performer in front of people. So just take me through how did that, how did that just transpire in your brain at a young age that, you know what, the, the secret is gonna be attacking this head on. Cause that's really how you got to where you're at today, right? You attack the fear of what other people believed in the criticism element by not only getting in great shape but going out and performing in front of others. I don't know if there's a yeah. question there, but can you talk about that? a little no, bit? no, I think there's there's
1: plenty of a question there. It's basically like, yeah. Okay. So here's what I hear is like, how how do you go from being uh, ashamed to be looked at to embracing being looked at and making it something that, that you want to do? So for me, I mean, I think that, uh, and as I continue to, you know, try to get to know myself a little bit more and figure out like what makes me tick so that I can make smarter future decisions for my future selves, um, I think that for me, one of the things that I was really attracted to about uh, stage performance is its competitiveness and its sort of um, folk-like uh, channeling of of energy. So I knew, I think, from from a really early age, even though I couldn't like visualize, you know, what it would look like, I knew that I wanted to be like really great at something and like try and like try to try to be elite at something didn't matter what it was from my background you know uh, I did not come from really like a position of means so like I didn't meet people who were like that so I had no real models for what that meant but I definitely had this sort of like drive to to realize that and you know if you're saying you were uh, choosing between ice hockey and and the stage, I mean, for me, the, the stage sort of found me in that uh, I didn't get, uh, let's just say that my feedback in the athletic arena was way less encouraging than it was in the stage. So, you know, I had really, like, basketball was really the first thing that I remember really loving. Uh, and I was pretty good in, like, recreational YMCA basketball throughout middle school because, I don't know, I was, like, slightly more pubescently advanced than other kids, and so even though I was, you know, kind of fat, uh, I was still stronger and like taller than most everybody else. You know, so it'd be like eighth grade, hundred and you know, eighty pound, five foot eight me against like some kid who's like a hundred and ten pounds and like five foot four, and I'd just be like swatting balls down. So I thought that I was like really, you know, hot stuff. And I go to uh, you know after football season was over, which was a total does it was both a disaster for me like athletically but it was also like really great for me to do uh football practice you know i, I didn't make the basketball team <laughs> because everybody else is like from like a competitive like theater league so i was like oh okay and so that was when i started to find my way into the theater uh in high school like previously i had been on stage in a couple of like youth community theaters uh productions but it wasn't something that i was really um focusing on it was just something that I that I did and then once uh, as really as soon as I retired from the from the field from sure. the gridiron uh, that was when I started going full force into into theater but by that by that point I had lost uh, a large amount of well I had like lost all the fat that I really had to lose to as I call it unfat myself Um, and so that I think made me feel more comfortable in front of people but I think that knowing that I was, you know, what, what made me feel comfortable in front of people was knowing that I did everything that I could to prepare. Mm. So like, you know, I, it was, it was, you know, before I read music or before I really like had a lot of experience, not only learning a role, but like being on stage as a professional and, and approaching all parts of that process, like a professional, uh, I just basically in a very like laborious way, by rote uh prepared as much as i could to be on stage in front of people and so i felt comfortable but i also you know at that time i i think even then uh like 15 or 16 i was hyper aware of the role of physical preparedness in terms of confidence in execution like in order for me to really crush this these assignments in all ways both to be comfortable you know from an audience like looking at this standpoint and for me knowing that there's audience eyes on I want to be in the best shape possible. So I've recognized the pattern early on of like, oh, well, you know, the show's coming up, I'm probably, I'm probably gonna lose 10 pounds. I'm like, look as good as I ever have by, by the time we open.
0: So I love, you know, I wanna, we'll go into fast forward into 2020 here in a moment. We'll put that to the side for a second because a really awesome story in launching your business. We'll get into that in a second. I want to ask you though, you mentioned earlier your entrepreneurial tendencies So what was your, so have you always been kind of like some people have those like classic stories? Like I used to steal the crap my mom would buy from Costco and like resell it at the school. (laughs) Like were you right? Is that kind of side hustles you were doing the whole time or what was that? Yeah,
1: man. Okay. So let's see. There was uh, the initial one, you know, posting the the thing that clearly didn't work. Um, Yeah. But then there was, uh, I was I was selling Boy Scout popcorn uh, mm-hmm. in the Cub Scouts, and through I think it was in the Cub Scouts, right? Because I quit when we got to the Boy Scouts, and I realized popcorn wasn't as big of a deal. Um, I was I was like the the two time champion by oh man, I think like the first year I beat I beat the second place guy by like a, a factor of two, and the the next year I think I beat him by like a factor of four. Uh, two-time champ popcorn salesman, and then uh, I would sell Halloween candy and other like little candies at my locker at school. And then here's the real honest truth, and that I started listening to I at the same time I started listening to a lot of rap, and I started really getting in touch with my Sicilian heritage, which meant <laughs> which meant really digging into like organized crime in the media so I basically like had these two inputs of like you know being a criminal like breaking the law for money is cool so I was like yeah 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 and so I would walk to the library every day to wait for my uh, parents to pick me up from school school like the the local neighborhood library and I would stop at this uh, grocery store and I would steal like seven or eight very expensive like candy bars and stuff them in my pockets. And then I would sell them the next day at school because I was going to school in a, in a neighborhood full of people with a lot of means coming from a place without means. So I was like, whatever, kids, give me your money. Then I was a, uh, I ran, I acquired a fake ID my senior year of high school. <laughs> and uh, I, I bootlegged, bootlegged uh, handles of, of uh, <laughs> alcohol. So, so what,
0: what we're hearing is don't, don't let, if you're, if you're a parent, you're listening, don't let your kid drop voice calls because if that happens. Don't, don't let know.
1: your kid drop voice calls because that entrepreneurial spirit's going to go somewhere. And I was always like, I was always treading the line, like, like I never, uh, I never like wanted to do anything that like, I felt like I could really get in trouble for, like nothing that would be like truly felonious uh, because then you know, I'm just, I'm kind of a freaky cat that way like some rules i'm totally okay to break and be like this is done." but then other rules i'm very much like nope this is like you don't want to do that that's that's put in place for a reason so yeah basically I basically i did that and then i worked you know like i as soon as i was able to have like a, a legal job uh i started doing that uh my first job was at a catering company which oh dude that was amazing i look back on that and i realized either I was a really great fit for it for because it was like a natural outlet for a lot of things yeah. or it made me a, or it really built early on these skills that then have come in really handy for me later. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was also like, you know, even before I was the, in between those cracks of like, you know, able to legally work and work that is always illegal. Uh, I was like, you know, knocking on neighbors' doors, like asking if I could shovel their dog poop. Uh, you know, I live in Colorado, so I could break your leaves. I could cut your grass. I could shovel your snow. I could pick up your dog poop. Beautiful. I was finding something. I was finding some way to be useful.
0: So in a lot of ways, and I'm thinking back to my days selling popcorn. I can't say I was champion, but I think uh, I remember one of the years I placed like top three, and I got this MP3 player. I was so stoked about it, and man, I still remember going door to door selling popcorn. <laughs> it's uh I, I i won't forget it I, I went down and did uh it was i want to say because popcorn is brutal because popcorn is like uh you know how there's a in the in the mob in new york there were the five families and they got their territories that's how popcorn was in boy scouts you can't just or cub scouts right you can't just go in random neighborhoods and knock on doors and try to sell popcorn because the reality is there's another cub scouter there who has to sell a certain little amount no matter what And the first place they're hitting are their streets and their neighborhoods. So like, you're always dealing with that kind of of competition. So I won't forget, I went down to my grandfather's neighborhood um, because that was going to be out of my troop. And, you know, it was going to be, it was, you know, it was going to put me on even footing and I sold no popcorn. And it was, I remember just letting it ruin my mood. And then eventually, actually at the very end of the day, my grandfather's neighbor bought some popcorn and, you know, my mom was trying to make me feel good and I was still all oh, powy-wowdy. But what's ironic about that is when I launched a painting business in college, I, I can't even tell you how many hours, like hundreds of hours I've knocked on doors or trained people to knock on doors and had people knock on doors for me. So just thinking about your experience of popcorn cracks me up because literally my only predisposed knocking on doors moments before painting was, was or excuse me, Cub Scouts Popcorn and it was awful. It was like the worst thing ever. But that's ultimately what cold calling is. Everybody's got to go to a level. <laughs>
1: popcorn, popcorn doesn't give you a script though. Like imagine, imagine how how effective we would have been with a little bit of script and a little bit of, of craft.
0: See, now you're getting into. it. So let me let me let me uh, let me dive into this here. You got oh, I yeah. Some in terms of the pivots you made, tell me about. Um, I'm trying to think where to start with this. I guess let, let's take it back to COVID and and work into. what with your clients now because you know for for many of us I think for for it seems like everybody COVID disrupted you in some capacity but for you if you're in the performance arts and this is not just you anyone who's listening to this if you're in performance arts theater any of these entertainment sources I mean my goodness you, the whole industry has been put on hold in terms of in-person events so you picked yourself up, man, and you are absolutely crushing it. Now, tell us a little bit about what you're doing for your clients, but take us back to that moment. Uh, how did you navigate the the absolute atrocity of the challenge that came down to, um, you know, actually making that happen and making that switch? Like, you know what? I'm not going to be, I got to put this on hold. I got to go figure out what I can do to actually put food on the table.
1: Yeah, dude, everyone is hurting I mean, it's really, uh, there's not a single performing artist professional uh, in, in America or definitely like the, around the world who hasn't had some major, like everyone's affected in a major way. Um, so for me, it really looked like the loss of future stage opportunities, you know, like they kept getting either like pushed back and back and back until eventually they were like, we're just going to pull the plug on this thing. Like it's TBA from now on. Uh, or TB, TBD, who knows when it's gonna happen for basically a lot of things. Uh, and so I had this this other little, I mean, I, I hate the term because it's so noncommittal, but it is exactly what it was. I had this little side hustle of like a fitness business that I had been, you know, not even, I don't even wanna say working on because it's so, the level of effort that I was putting into it was so beneath my capacity. I had this little fitness business that was like barely surviving, Uh, Because I wasn't really attending to it because it was doing exactly what I wanted it to do, which was give me a little bit extra spending money and cover some bills and uh, allow me to like connect with people and give me a little fun, fun thing to focus on when I wasn't focused on stage. And then I realized I was like, dude, this like stage is not coming back, at least for a minute. So I need to pretend like in order to survive mentally and like literally, dude, I got to forget this. This has got to be dead to me. So I just, did I just cut it off. I basically was like, nope, I'm, I don't, I'm, I don't even have time to think about. Oh, my identity is a singer. Like, who am I? Like, who am I without this thing? It's like, no, dude. Like, you, you do this other thing now. And then I just did, did that, and continued to do that as best I know how, uh, which has really led. Honestly, Aaron, it's been extremely fulfilling. It's been fulfilling in a way that um, singing and being on the stage never was. And I feel like I got, you know, most, uh, you know, I, I think that I have an idea of how satisfying it could be. And this is, this is a whole nother level. Because for me, uh, everything that I do, I think is like an extension of, or really just goes back to how far can I expand myself? How much can I get to know myself? How far can I push and operate at my capacity? Uh, and entrepreneurship, like really taking it seriously and burning the boats, as they say, has really just been a fantastic opportunity and test. So, yeah, now now I'm helping people lose. I guess actually from a when the shutdowns and lockdowns were the hardest was, I think uh, one of the periods when everybody that I'm working with, all my guys had the most success because I think that everybody was just like, everybody had this notion of like, something is going on in the world outside of me and I need to do something to control. Like I need to get my, my, uh, inner locus of control dialed in. And I need to control what I can control. And so I think that people really responded then to the challenges that I gave them and really just ate it up. And they, I mean, the, the people who were there to lose weight, they lost a lot of weight and felt really, really great and have continued to do so, whether whether they've stayed with me or whether they've gone off on their own. Uh, the people who were there to build muscle, I mean, one of them really, it wasn't actually very long before that when he was like, you know I'm seeing All these people like have these other, Crazy results. I'm like, and I want a transformation like that. And I was like, well, this is what they do. Do you feel like you work this hard? And he was like, no, I don't. And then shortly after that, coronavirus went down. And I uh, dude, I just I watched this guy completely uh, build himself up and develop himself in in his living room, you know, like in his bedroom floor, like doing these these hard, crazy workouts that I put together. And then he got the results that he wanted. Um, Yeah. So it's, it's been, it's been pretty awesome. And it comes with that added bonus of like, well, you know, I'm, I I know a fair amount about how to train body weight uh, principles and things. Now nobody has a gym. So let's see really uh, how good, how good is this going to go? And uh, it it worked. So it's been, it's been great on a lot of fronts.
0: So I know you're heavily committed in terms of your environment, surrounding yourself with people who are going to challenge you and also be people who are going to kind of guide the way of that. And I I know that because we're, you know, we're in a similar mastermind, we're in the same mastermind group, but specifically in terms of the investment making into it is, it is a burn the boats moment. I would, I would argue in that, in that, in that time, especially with COVID where it's like, man, it's like, I got to figure out something that'll work. What was that? So you see that result. I'm imagining that too, with somebody getting those results like crazy in that, in that little corner room or wherever they're at, and their body just transforms, just given consistency over time. What is the number one element for somebody to make a change in their life? Is it, is it the consistent action daily? Is it the way that they're thinking? What is the number one thing? Cause look, we both work with clients and we both know that there's like the 80, 20 rule. You know, 80% of the results come from 20% of the clients at the end of the day, they're gonna really push hard when the reality is it's not everyone else is gonna be able to crush it as much but there's a reason why that's the case. What is that reason?
1: Why do winners win, Michael? I think that the people who have the best success, at least working with me, are the people for whom there is no other option. Like they don't let failure be an option. And so for me, dude, I, I as, a, as a coach, I don't, failure is not an option that I want or that I even allow for anybody who comes to work with me. Like, I will work with you until you get the results that you came to me for and more. Totally, you know, like that is contingent on you being willing to work. But again, it just goes back to, if you are the kind of person for whom this is not, uh, it's not an option. You're going to get this done or you're going to die. Simple as that. Uh, then that, that tends to bring results uh, almost without really like conscious process. And so what I try to do is really to reverse engineer what that looks like to have a replicable process so that you're not having results by accident so that you can get amazing results and you know exactly why so that I'm the last coach that you ever need to hire.
0: Let me let me dig on it because you got because I'm thinking actually, you brought up a good point, which is the fact like and it's similar with the, the people that we're working with, when they're invested, Uh, our clients and ourselves, we, we have a lot of transparency and we can really, we can really kick some butt together. Uh, And we have, which is probably the coolest part of our clients. I'm actually thinking back to working. And I mentioned my, my former uh, work with, with student painters, where we would have a lot of guys that would start every year, but the way that business starts, you don't have to personally invest. It's all about your time. The company actually invests into you to make it happen. And that's where I really would imply like, we would always have people that would drop off that would never do it. So let me actually go back to meeting with people on strategy sessions. They want Mm -hmm. this big grandiose vision. They want to get the bacon, whatever it is, but they don't want to invest whatever the case is they fall through the cracks. uh, That would be, I guess, my question is where, where can, where's the biggest limiting belief that you see with someone in those types of situations where, you're on a call with them. And it's almost like, you know, trying to think who brought this up. I almost want to say it was Matt Green. And I don't know if it was Matt or not, but it's the whole, you know, you just got to ask him sometimes like, Hey man, it sounds like I want this more than you want this for you. You know, so is this really the right fit or not for us to work together? So I guess for you, like, what's the biggest limiting belief you think people need to crush that you see before someone hops in? Cause once they hop in then they're going to be committed cause they're paying you, they're working with you and they're going from there. I
1: think the biggest limiting belief <clears throat> that people who have success working with me break themselves of, and that keeps people from really going any forward in the conversation other than just the call, is a lack of assuredness about whether or not they can bet on themselves and when and i think that that's one of the for a person like that it's actually doubly important that you come and work with me because one of the most empowering if not the best thing about fitness is that it teaches you that like literally with your own hands if you will something you can make it real And that if you put your mind behind something and you don't quit, and you just keep on showing up with intention, not just showing up and going through the motions, but showing up with intention day after day, that you are going to not only look different, you're gonna feel different, you're gonna think different, you are gonna be different. And I think that if people understood that, uh, they wouldn't hesitate to pull the trigger. There would be nothing that would pull the trigger on them working from working with somebody in some capacity that's like in alignment with what they want.
0: I love that. You know, I, uh, this is episode 98, by the way, of the get after a podcast. I really appreciate Michael's time. He's volunteering here. Congrats. <laughs>
1: that's a lot of episodes
0: dude it's uh we've had we do a mix like i said at the top you know we do the the the, the, little, the rants that i'll do which started with uh, my travels last year in december and then so we're coming up on a year but then we've also had a blast with interviews and what i want to really hit on with you here next is if you're restarting then a lot of our audience young professionals right now it with, with covid and kind of where we're at post world and all this stuff now we're about a month out from 2021 I want you to hit on, man. What would you do if you're restarting? For all our friends on Facebook, if you want to hear Michael's answer to this, we're going to cut the live stream. So come over to our podcast page. We're going to be on all, we're on all of the platforms. So go check it out, the Get After Podcast. We'll post the link here in the comments, but uh, Michael will be able to follow up with you all uh, on this other, uh, or excuse me, on the podcasting app. So if you're live on Facebook, make sure you head over to the app. We'll be live about an hour afterwards. But if you want to hear Michael's answer to this, Head on over to the podcast. This is the get after it podcast. Isn't that something right? Pretty pretty All right.
1: Now for now for podcast only, not for the cool kids.
0: Yeah, see, now we got the now we got the, the people who are legit. They're 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 trying to build whatever they're at. They're ready for it. They're ready for it. They're not. Dude, they're
1: just trying,
0: they're trying to get after it, dude. They're trying to get after it. Yeah, man. So 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 let's talk about that. We're 32 days out from the new year. What can someone do really like specifically? How would you get started, man? If you were going from scratch today, um, and how has that mind shift changed? I guess from with COVID and everything. I guess yeah, just throwing a lot at you there. But let's hear it,
1: man. If I was going to get get started with with what?
0: You know, if you were in your spot today, let's say you're scaling your business up again. You were let's put you exactly where you're at, where you're offering a service, right? You're helping people. Uh, you're you're offering a transformational product, right? Mm-hmm. What would you do if you, if you got a bad environment, you're at home, you're, I think a lot of, we have more people under the age of 25 living with their parents again than ever. Uh, how do you get back on your feet? What are some fundamental things that maybe even not even just business-wise, but professionally-wise, they're going to really help that they're going to, they're going to look back on a few years out and thank themselves for listening to the Get After podcast
1: with Michael here. Dude, you said the magic word, Fundamental. And I think that what I what I would do um, if I had to start, you know, like if, if all of a sudden, like this industry was no longer available to me, I had to start completely over like whatever. I would just, I would do exactly what I feel like I'm doing now, which is just revise, like going back to fundamentals, revising my execution of the fundamentals, making sure that I really completely understand the fundamentals, understand how they all fit together uh, both and understand their essence like individually and as part of a larger whole mm-hmm. um, and that's something that I, I plan to continue doing at every subsequent evolution subsequent evolution of myself because as I look backwards I realize that so many of my frustrations were self-imposed by a lack of attention to the detail and a lack of emphasis on understanding and executing fundamentals whether that be in singing whether that be in fitness whether that be in just overall stagecraft and performance whether that be in uh, being a a, business person owner operator uh, all of those all the frustrations that I've ever encountered there could have absolutely been avoided if I had sat up front in class and paid attention and not Got distracted by shiny objects in the syllabus.
0: Mm. So it's almost just like recommitting to what's already in front. It's interesting you say that because I'm thinking like, we have so much information today, right? Like, like we talk about this in our clients only group. It's like, guys, I don't make posts in here because you need more information. I make posts in here because our, 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 focus is on the pathway, getting you to where, you know, whatever your desired location. is. So it's actually the clarity. So what is the difference in the clarity you're going to get from sitting in the back of the instruction versus the front of the instructions, Man, what are your non-negotiables? What are the things you do every day, every week? What are the things that are non-negotiable to you and your success? Mm. Mm. There's the things that I like
1: to think are non-negotiable, and then there's the things that I actually do every day that are non-negotiable. So for me, a non-negotiable is I have to drink a ton of water as soon as I get up. Yeah. That's number one. Mm. Number two, uh, I do not hit snooze. Mm. No matter, uh, there are days when I may intentionally like sleep later than I do other days, but I don't hit snooze. Don't go back to bed. Um. <clears throat> I have to get sunshine. If the sun is out, I must go get in it. Yeah. Huge for me. I have got to drink my first caffeine, not only after I have ingested a ton of water, but after I have, uh, after after I have like spent like an hour awake. Um, I have got to uh you know what my bedtime is uh, i i have a bedtime that i hit by habit but it is less um it is more negotiable so those are the non-negotiables that i actually oh and i i do not ever under any circumstances eat hydrogenated vegetable oil or super uh trans fatty foods Mm -hmm. um my everything else is negotiable dude like i don't always fast like sometimes i wake up and i eat like you know shortly after waking or you know there are some days when like i don't do more than just like go for a little walk Uh, i guess that fitness is i I do work out every day i don't like really train hard that's another one of those negotiables that i would like to say that i have but i don't get
0: um
1: so those five and then the The non-negotiables that I'm going to make non-negotiable, or the negotiables that I'm going to make non-negotiable, dude, it's basically 75 hard. I mean, that's really it. It's like, yeah, you know, and that's that's a part of, you know, my relationship with 75 hard is is complicated. Uh, But I do realize that, you know, taking most of it, like that is what the best version of myself in the future does. Yeah, you you know, for the the audience,
0: uh, 75 hard, 75 straight days, two workouts a day, uh, a, pound, a gallon of water—almost a pound of water. A gallon of water. <laughs> uh, you got to follow a diet, no cheat days, no alcohol. You got to take a progress photo. Um, boy, am I missing anything? We got the rules over here. What do I got to
1: do? 10, ten pages of a, ten pages of a nonfiction or uh, business development book. And you know, it's
0: uh, it's funny. I first got to 75 Bar really right around COVID. And I thought I was just not ready for it. That's what that I was like, I just kept pushing it off for a while. And then I turned 23 in June. And I remember like that birthday, I was like, man, I am tired of this. You know, it's just, it was just a frustration of it. I could also see it like uh, with with the pandemic with everything going on. It's like, man, I either gotta make a move, like when is you know, when am I gonna make a move? You know what I mean? Like, when is it, if it's not going to be the whole world falling apart, what is it going to take for me to make it a, a change to my actions? So my first attempt at it lasted 32 days. Um, Pretty and good. I, and I, and I, it, it was wildly successful. I lost a, a ton of weight. I fell off of it. I started again. And that second attempt was tough, man. Cause you know what it was? I realized, and, and I compare this to, the attempt I'm on now, which is attempt number three, I'm on day 37 right now. And this is the one that I am like, you know, it's funny. My, my friends give me so much crap. They're like, dude, you have to finish this one now. Like I'm not, I'm not drinking for Thanksgiving or Christmas. Like I'm, not, I'm, I'm, you know, I can't do any of that stuff, but it's forced me to radically change my lifestyle, the way I work with my clients, like the, our business, like the way I manage my time uh, for the better. Man, it's been, I mean, it's, it's something that it pushes you to your strengths, but it's not even that it's so hard. It's more so it's the, it's, it's the mentality of it. That's what makes it hard. In my opinion, it's not even the physical, Mm -hmm. it's really the mental part of you got to hit these. It's non-negotiables, right? You got to do them.
1: And they're so, dude, it's so easy to uh, just let one slip your mind. Yeah. Like take, take a selfie, like, come on, how simple is that? But it's not, it's not easy. And yeah. for me, I think the, the the reason or the the reason that I keep on giving myself to not do it is the forty-five minutes at two separate points of the day. Nice. I'm like, nah, you know what? I, if, but then you know the other thought, the other part of that is, dude. So why don't you just make it make it your own? But then there is a very fine line between when you make something your own and when you completely lose the point of it. Right. And you know, well, you know
0: what? Here's what I like about it, to be honest, is the. The 45 minutes, and this is championed by a guy named Andy Purcell. And he has a podcast on it. Go check that out. If you guys are interested in doing this challenge, go check that out. Michael and I won't do it. Just, but we'll do a much better job breaking it down. But um, what I like about it is it's 45 minutes. It doesn't have to be two killing yourself at the gym workouts. My The way I look at it is like one, I have one workout a day, no matter what is going to be that. Sometimes it's two, but usually it's one. I, I already did one, mine earlier today, where it's focused on like today was leg day, right? Like we're focused on that. But then the second workout can be, yo, if we got volleyball going on down here, that's, that's my second thing, right? If we're going to go do a, uh, we're going to go swing the football, they might do it for 30 minutes. And then I just got to add like a 30 minute power walk into it or something. Like I got to add some other element where I'm getting outside because that's another rule, but like, it's just, you got to get out and you're getting, you're getting an hour and a half of physical exercise daily which when you think of it in the grand scheme of things, man, it is not that much.
1: It's, it's not that, it's not a lot. And it is it is simply scalable. You know, that could be like, you take a 45 minute walk outside in the morning when you wake up. Mm-hmm. That's a nice way to spend the pre-dawn hours. Yep. If you live in a mild or a, mile a nice climate. And then, you know, the 45 minutes, like you don't have to miss out on family time. You yep. can stretch. I felt good all those times when I stretched and rolled out for 45 minutes. I was like, well, I should do this more often. Yeah. Damn. yeah. But, you know.
0: Dude, we got to just, I want to make sure we stick to time because you've been so generous with us, man. You're going to have to come back once you're, uh, as, as we keep crushing it, man. We're, uh, my, I want to hit you with one more question, man. What, what are your, what are your kind of look? How are you looking at the new year? Because I've been getting asked, you know, hey, man, what are your goals for 2021? And, and how do you plan it out? I'm really curious to ask you, man. What? How do you look at this new year coming up? uh do you have some do you have like a set out time where you're going to put aside some goals do you have any uh i don't want to say religions, but like uh, practices you do for the new year um mm. you know kind of just run that by
1: because we're, we're, all right so dude i i look at the new year honestly nah it's it's another it's like a you know what i guess i do look at the new year as a as a new thing that is special in and of itself yeah it's like a super monday you know, it's like the most Monday. It's like when you have the first of a month is on a Monday and it's the first of the year. That's pretty big. Um, and so I just consider, I, I don't know if, if this one is going to be a Monday, but I just consider it like a super uh, opportunity that is, that you just walk into. Uh, it's there if you want to take it yeah. and take advantage of that perspective on it. But in terms of like my goals, I don't have any special sort of goals for the, uh new year for 2021 i have 2021 just happens to be part of a larger structure uh that i have goals that i i have outlined for myself sort of like on a on an 18 month 18 month plan but one of the things that's been really impactful for me in terms of just figuring out like uh, ways to direct myself uh has been inside of uh the the warrior warrior the wake up warrior world there is this uh set of tools basically called a a fact map where you know you spend a bunch of time basically saying like yo here is exactly the state of everything like prompts this little software thing prompts you with a bunch of questions about your uh you know your body your relationship to god and uh, spirit realm whatever you want to call it your relationship to your wife or significant other your kids if you have them your family your friends and your relationship to your business. And you basically are like, yo, here's the truth of all of this. And then you set a future target and you say like, yo, this is what's gonna be true in three months or by second quarter or by third quarter. And then you have a bigger one that says, this is what's gonna be true in 18 months. So for me, 2021 is just part of uh, some stuff that I set out in July. And so I think the, the big things in there that I'm really thinking about are, let me think, uh, I need to know, I need to, to get a lot more clear about my health. You know, like I have a really good idea about like, this is my body fat, you know, like I just got a, another DEXA scan done. That's good. That is one of my other goals is to get to 10% body fat on a DEXA scan. And I've got a plan to do that. And I am trending towards that. But my bigger overall plan, so my plan is not to be ripped. That's a byproduct, right? My plan is to have an awesome life. Uh, I can't do that if I'm unhealthy. So I need to get full panel blood work done so that I can really understand what's going on. So that's a big goal for 2021. I want to do that. And then with that, get totally, um, you know, I was taking uh, like Adderall in the spring. I went and saw a psychiatrist and she gave me the Adderall. That was nice, but I freaking hated it. And I knew it was like a deal with the devil. So I would like to, Figure out, you know, like how to get my blood levels to a point to where I don't need to be medicated for anything for any reason. I, like I'm totally optimized uh, beyond what is acceptable as average, you know, because like, you know, I'm not I'm not here to play the, the average level for anything. And I, I really do believe that your physical health is the gateway to whatever else you want to do. So if you max that out, it gives you a better it gives you the best possible shot at maxing out the other areas of your life. I want to do that. Uh, dude, I really would like to, I have a, a professional goal. This is the other thing that's different for me about, about this year goal setting wise, Aaron, is that I'm not, it's not about numbers. It's not about do, do this or if there are numbers, it's about a number of times I do a certain thing instead of what the outcome is. Now my goals are way more process focused and way more, um, way more action focused than they are results focused. I love it, man. I love it. I, I want to stick
0: the time here. You've been overly generous, Michael. Hey, how do how do my friends get a hold of you? Where are they? Where can they follow you? Where can they get into your realm on the socials? Give them everything. Give them what they got. All right. So
1: I'm in a, a rebranding process myself. Uh, I don't know if classical fitness is going to say maybe it will, maybe it won't, but Michael Hewitt is always going to be my name. So you can go to michaelhewitt.com, H-E-W-I-T-T.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter and my handle is at Michael MichaelHewitt23 like Michael Jordan on both of those
0: Michael we got the garbage truck coming in here this is raw footage we got some externalities going on man that was an awesome freaking episode follow this guy this guy put some heat out there on Facebook you guys are going to want it guys thanks for joining us here for the, uh, this episode of the Get After Podcast Michael thanks so much
1: welcome brother